We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. another episode here of setting the pace and guess what we actually have basketball to talk about the indiana pacers played in their first preseason game against the memphis grizzlies and joining me to talk about that game is the one and only michael j Fachi. Fachi, what's going on brother oh man pacer basketball is back alex that was a really good game an overtime thriller had me at the edge of my seat i mean there was some moments in this game even though we didn't get to see maybe the full squad there was a couple guys that were out that we'll get into but i saw a really entertaining game of a deep pacers team that a lot of the young guys showed a lot tonight and they nearly nearly squeaked out the win yeah, when you said it was a really good game, I don't know if I could go that well, route. It depends how you you know how you define good. Good as in entertaining. Yeah, uh, not good as in we gave up 127 points to a Grizzlies team that you know didn't have like a John Moran out there or anything like that. But fun game. Yeah, definitely a fun preseason game. It felt very like very very much like a preseason game too. And, of course, everyone had to go through hurdles to try to figure out how to watch the game. Look, it's on NBA League Pass. There's no blackouts. If you're having issues with it and you're listening to this and you couldn't watch the game because it was blacking you out, I would try logging out and logging back into your League Pass or something because I made an account today, got a free trial. I live in Indianapolis, had no issues with the blackouts, and I kept getting messages on Twitter Left and right, what is going on with the blackout? Why can't I watch a game? Where can I watch the game at? Is Bally got it? Listen, it's on League Pass. There's no coverage of it. The, Bally already put out a tweet saying that they would only have two preseason uh, games, and that's the two home games. So it is on um, It is on League Pass, which if you're out of state like Fachi, that's what you watch all your Pacer games on anyway. Mm-hmm. So I would just say if you're stressed out because you didn't get to watch it, 
you could probably go watch the replay of the game on League Pass too. So just check it out there. But yeah, I thought it was cool. Chris and Quinn were on the call. They were using the Memphis Grizzlies broadcast and then just kind of calling the game with that broadcast. So you didn't see like the Pacers highlights and stuff like that. But all in all, I thought it was really fun to just see the guys back in action, get a first look at some of these players we've never get uh, never gotten to see before, Fachi. But injury-wise, I thought this was kind of notable. On Saturday at practice, Coach Carlisle said that Andrew Nimhart uh, would not be with the team for this trip as he had a kidney stone removed on Friday afternoon, which is – or Friday sometime. I didn't say what time, but Friday. And then Tyrese Halliburton and Daniel Tice did not play as they are kind of monitoring their – their minutes, I guess you could say, after playing in FIBA. So, really, you have two, two your two main ball handlers and potentially your backup big not playing and kind of felt that way a little bit tonight, Fudge. Yeah, it did. I mean, you got to imagine the Pacers would have been – they would have gotten off to a better start, you know, at least first half-wise, if Halliburton and Andrew Nimhart are out there. But just uh, TJ McConnell, man, I, I instantly it made me reappreciate McConnell because he looked good out there seven assists in the first quarter he finished he played the first half 11 points eight assists um you know it just it feels like how is this guy going to be out of the lineup he's always going to find a way to get in there but for Halliburton as much as you want to see him out there because you're itching to see him back with the team it's preseason it's game one of preseason give the guy some some rest Andrew Nemhard, I believe he'll probably miss I think it's the first two preseason games correct yeah, he's going to miss the first two, so he'll miss the game against the Rockets as well. Then he should be ready to go, maybe for the fan jam, but at least I would say the, the last two home preseason games. Yeah, Daniel Tice is another one where, you know, Tice still still resting. Look, it's not the biggest deal that Tice wasn't out there, but in a game where you got a good look at everybody, it would have been cool to see, you know, what Tice ha- has to offer. You know, it, not that what does he have to offer, but like with this group, seeing him mesh further with this group, because we did see – some new faces like Obi Toppin. Alex, Obi had seven of the Pacers' first 14. That was cool to see. Bruce Brown, you know, was controlling, the, you know, some of the ball handling duties at times. He looked good. It was cool to see these guys out, but obviously you still want to see Halliburton and Nemhard with that group so you could see your, your ideal five to seven, you know, players. Yeah, that was the big thing. I mean, when you don't have Nemhard and you don't have Tyrese, yeah, we we know McConnell can do what McConnell does. Like, I, yeah, exactly. there's nothing new under the sun with TJ McConnell. I think he is who he is at this point in his career, oldest guy on the team, right? Like, we like TJ McConnell. He's a good player, and he's going to push for minutes and stuff like that. But with him with the starters, you could definitely feel like, okay, McConnell's got this under control. But when he went out, that's when things started to get a little bit sloppy. You know, Bruce mm-hmm. Brown was playing point guard with that second unit not the second unit but he was playing point guard as like the backup point guard with yeah. no drew and no tie and so then you got Matherin out there i thought played pretty well the, the starters to me it just felt like they were still trying to figure out their chemistry overall mm-hmm. and just get a feel for what's going on there was times i felt like ob top and really struggled in the post against the jaron jackson jr while he did show some flashes of what he can bring to the team he still is going to have to I think he's going to struggle with bigger power forwards, Fachi, like that. Good. But I do think that he's going to be able to outrun those guys, too. And I, it just not having Ty there just makes it like so hard to like take anything significant away from the starting lineup. I, I do think that we're going to get into players and stuff like that towards the end here. So I don't want to get into that. But mm-hmm. I felt like as a team, there was obviously some, some good moments and some bad moments there. But 
Defensively, I still feel like this is a team that is quite a bit away from really taking that next step. And I don't think Ty is going to make much of a difference on the defensive side of things, but Andrew Nimhart could. So it just felt like the defense was still struggling a little bit. And when you're playing a lineup with Buddy and and Bruce and uh, Ben, it's those three together. It's like you've only got one trusty defender out there and I know Ben's working on it but there was times where I thought he fell asleep a little bit ball watch and got caught on a screen you know you can't leave a guy like Desmond Bain wide open so defensively yeah they're just going to have to continue to to grow on that end yeah they do this was not the game to point out and say all right you know what I could see the difference this this definitely was not it but I think the Pacers you know you, you take this with a grain of salt hey it's preseason there was moments I you know like I said when you said we'll get into it Matherin had his time where he was shining. And you talk about TJ McConnell. I mean, between TJ McConnell and Bruce Brown, one thing that was really encouraging, they had 13 assists and zero turnovers. I mean, that's as good as you could have asked for without Halliburton and Andrew Nimhard. But, yeah, that, that starting lineup, OB, Bruce Brown, Miles Turner, TJ McConnell, Benedict Matherin, I thought it was it was fun. It was good. Pacers got out too. You know, they, they had the lead in the beginning. But, you know, once those guys – came out you, you saw buddy healed come in you saw are you ready to get into the rotation because i i don't want to jump the gun here but yeah the rotation was was probably the bigger takeaway of all of a sudden i'm wondering okay who's going to be the next group that's going to come in we see jordan war we see um uh isaiah jackson come in buddy healed immediately i went wow okay yeah. You know, I, I thought I thought maybe Jarris Walker would come in before Jordan War. I thought maybe Jalen Smith would come in before Isaiah Jackson. What was your initial reaction to seeing that uh, um, that second unit come out? Yeah, so they played a nine-man rotation in the first half. Uh, mm-hmm. Buddy, Nawara, I. Jackson, Neesmith were the substitution guys or the second unit guys. And nobody really surprised me other than Jordan Wara. It didn't surprise me that Isaiah Jackson – yeah, did get a little bit more run than Jalen Smith with that group, just because we know Jalen Smith. Um, last year he got benched from the four, and I think Isaiah maybe plays a totally different style than what you get with Miles, and so that does kind of bring that yin and yang a little bit. Because with Miles, you're looking at a pick and pop guy; with Isaiah, you're looking at a strictly pick and roll guy. And when you look at Wara, you look at Buddy, you look at Neesmith, Well, that's three guys that can spread the floor, right? So it makes sense to kind of have Ajax be the roller there in that sense instead of a guy that can be more pick and pop because that point guard, we know that I we know that Andrew Nimhard throws the best lob passes to Isaiah Jackson too. So if he's healthy, they can run the pick and roll and spread it out with shooters. That does make some sense. So I wasn't totally like against that. And I think that with that lineup that they had out there, I think it was McConnell that ran with that unit because I think they subbed him first for a buddy and then they brought did. him back in with that group. If you think about it, he's really the only creator out there, TJ McConnell is. But then when you're looking at scorers, I don't really think of TJ as a scorer. Now, he can be at times, but you don't think of Ajax or Wara as scorers. So now it's up to Buddy. and Or excuse me, you don't think of Ajax and Nismith as scorers. Yeah, just say Wara, he's scoring. Buddy and Wara are scorers. So it does make a little sense because if you put Jairus Walker out there, like, yeah, Jairus put him some points tonight. We're going to talk about him later. But that's not usually his calling call, like calling card. Like you're not, oh, Jarris go out there and score all these points. But Buddy and Moore are your guys that you want to see put the ball in the basket. So I thought maybe they were trying to at least have two guys out there that like put the ball in the rim or put the ball in the basket with you know three solid defenders and a rim protector and Ajax. 
and then two perimeter guys and and McConnell and Neesmith. That did make a little sense to me, but I agree with you. It was a little bit shocking to see Wara get those minutes first because I would have personally rather have seen Jairus Walker with that group. Oh, completely. I, I felt like I was a parent waiting to see my kid get in there. I kept, I kept looking over at the bench and like, well, where is he? When's he getting in? You know, it's like, that's all I want to see. I'm like, it's preseason. Why isn't Jairus Walker out there in the first half? But we obviously ended up seeing plenty of Jarrett's in the second half, and, you know, he was worth the wait. It was awesome. But, yeah, with that that first half, I just felt like, you know, Isaiah Isaiah Jackson, I don't know, in a couple moments he was all right. There, there was nothing really that you're you're writing home about. I don't think he only picked up two fouls in, in his 14 minutes, so that's, you know, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Jordan Warren, I felt like, you know, three of nine shooting. I felt like he was looking to score when he was in there, and, Ball wasn't really, you know, going in, going his way as much. But I was just really excited about the youth on this team. And I know that sounds crazy because his team overall is young. But when we got to the second half, we saw a lineup that consisted of you had Ben Shepard, you had Kendall Brown, you had uh, Jarris Walker, you had Kendall Smith. I don't think Kendall started. Second, maybe, maybe he didn't. It was uh, it was Ben. Sh- Shepard, Ben Madden, Buddy Hill. That's who it was. Buddy That's Hill. Who it was. Yeah, no, no. It was the three Bs yeah, yeah. and two Js. Jalen, Jarris, Ben, Buddy, and uh, Ben. <laughs> Double Ben. <laughs> yeah. So that 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 was awesome to see. Um, and man, Ben Shepard came in there and immediately was letting it go from three point land. Nailed his first two threes and just it looked like okay, this is a guy who's who's very confident. I think he ended up making you know three of his first five threes. Ended up finishing the game three of ten. So he went a little a little bit cold from three-point land, but I saw enough in that three-point shot to feel very confident, and Ben Shepard was someone that I, I was impressed with. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I mean, when you look at that second unit, like Matherin, I thought, played really well in the first half. And then in the second half, he was – it was funny because we had Buddy Heel running point guard basically with the second unit. 
And it's like Buddy Hilda's point guard is not what I expected to have on my bingo card tonight, Fachi, when I was watching preseason mm-hmm. basketball. I knew we would be seeing some kind of different point guard variations with both Ty and Drew out, but I thought Isaiah Wong would get a little bit more run in that particular role just to kind of see what he would do. But when you had Buddy and Ben out there, I'm like, man, defensively, this is going to be a bit of a challenge. And we don't know what kind of defender Ben Shepard is right now in the league. It's same with Jairus Walker. And then you got Jalen out there trying to go up against Jaron Jackson Jr., who I thought had a pretty good game tonight with 18 points, five rebounds, five blocks for the uh, Team USA starting center. So, yeah, I, I personally just felt like Ben Shepard really was poised out there. It's like he came in right away and was just like confident in his game and didn't seem rattled. And I think sometimes you see rookies because if you look at Jairus Walker, the first probably five minutes he was out there, he looked rattled. He looked he like, did. okay, yeah, I'm like really excited to be out here. I want to prove my worth and that kind of thing. Where this is maybe where you see the college experience of a Ben Shepard come into play. It's somewhere similar to what we saw last year with Andrew Nimhart. It's like you kind of overthink it because they're a later pick, but there's a reason why the scouting reports love these guys so much. And whether we're underselling them or not to start the year, like Last year, nobody expected Nimar to get minutes, so maybe Ben Shepard no. could have the same role if he continues to play like that. Yeah, the numbers in the, you know, water finds its level, three of ten. That's not a great percentage from three, but just the movements, the way to get himself in position, I think you kind of started seeing towards the end of the game, he was not as confident in that shot as he was originally after he started missing some. So, young mm-hmm. player, he's going to figure things out, but I thought, you know, with that first unit in the second half, it was a bit of a different unit, but I was glad to see at least what Jairus looked like next to a guy like Jalen Smith and what they look like next to Ben Mather and someone that's going to be a part of this team for a long time. Man, Jairus Walker, I got to give him his flowers. You talked about he did look rattled when he came. He was 05 to start for the field. And I started thinking, I said, you know what? Okay. And obviously overreaction. I went, you know, maybe he won't really be a you know scorer in this league, but I feel like he can do a lot of other stuff well. And then he turned it on, mm-hmm. and Jarris Walker did a little bit of everything, which was reminiscent of what we saw in summer league. This man is everywhere. He's hustling. He's blocking shots. He's coming up with steals. He's rebounding, hitting threes. I mean, hitting threes. It was an understatement. Four of nine from three. But I've seen a four-point play in this game. The confidence, I don't know if this is this is first of all, this is the first time we saw him shooting in a game, uh, post that elbow cleanup procedure that he had. Yeah. And maybe that really was an issue before. I don't know. Obviously, we know that that's something that we we heard about and he had to get addressed. And his shot looked good tonight. And that's something that we could not say in summer league because he had some rough three-point shooting in summer league. Tonight, I felt very confident in that three-point shot, and uh, man, I, I, I left this game saying the Pacers got a real one with Jairus Walker. Yeah, I think he started the game out 0-5, Foch, finished mm-hmm. the game, then I guess you could say 7 of 10 from the field after that. Yeah. So once he got the nerves out, he really shot a high percentage. I thought he had good feel for assist. He was running point guard there towards the end with that unit that they had in there with Oscar Shibway, Jalen Smith, Kendall Brown, Ben Shepard, and himself. It was him and Ben kind of running the point. And that's just kind of what he can do. Like, he's a very versatile player. We talked about it with Kalen. He is a Swiss Army knife. So it's cool to see Jairus Walker get out there and showcase all the little different things he can do. And 
you never like to see a preseason game go into overtime, right? We're ready for it just to kind of be over, but it's a great experience. And if you notice, Rick Carlisle did not call timeouts to set up an, set up a play or anything. He let the guys figure it out. And, you know, Jalen Smith ended up making the tying basket to get things into overtime. But there was just really good instinctual play from, I felt like Jairus Walker in this game. And really, if you look at the look at the rebound totals, nine rebounds from him and eight rebounds from Jalen Smith, they really dominated the glass. Ben Matherin had seven as well. So they they put a hurting, surprisingly, on Memphis's rebounding. I, I thought that the Pacers would probably lose in this battle, but they ended up out-rebounding Memphis by nine overall in this game. So it just goes to show you, like, that's kind of who Jairus is. He's just a all-around really solid player, and I understand how you feel like, him going four and nine from three, it was it was great being at practice on on Saturday because Jairus did get to ring the bell, and when he hit the twenty to twenty five threes, he was the last guy in the gym at practice. We were interviewing T.J. McConnell, I think maybe Tyrese, and he goes over and like rings it and then waits in between interviews and goes, "Did y'all hear that?" <laughs> I love it. So he wanted to make sure that we were all aware that we're there that he did ring the bell. So you know, this is a kid that's just really excited about being on this team excited to grow as a player and i think the more and more we watch him play the more we're going to find out little things that he can do but two steals and a block tonight as well flatchy like we talked about it in summer league and i don't think there's a reason we kind of got excited then but this is just who i think he is i think he's very instinctual and i think he's going to be just everywhere on the court i I think he's a do-it-all player He's got a motor. He really can go, go, go. And I just feel like this is exactly what the Pacers need because he's going to have that hustle. He's he, he even hit the block that he had. It was a ferocious block. I just feel like he had a, he had a great steal and a go ahead pass to Ben, ben Shepard for a basket. It's just, and he was also, he had some passes that didn't work out, but the vision was there. He had, a, he had a really nice bounce pass that ended up getting stolen. And I know that's hard to say. How, how is it that nice if it got stolen? But you could see what he's looking for. And that instinct right there, you just can't teach. So I was really encouraged with what I saw from Jarris Walker. But you mentioned a little bit Jalen Smith and the eight rebounds. You know, we really got that look at Jalen. And, you know, we had heard, we had seen, you know, photos that he put on size. It was evident. Yeah. Jalen Smith looked chiseled out there. The nine points, eight rebounds, two blocks. He had a really clutch basket, essentially, to send this game to overtime. Uh, I thought it was awesome to see. And I think that between Jalen Smith and Isaiah Jackson, I left more impressed with Jalen Smith tonight. And it, and, I, and I felt that, hey, coming to this year, man, Jalen, I really do think he can win that backup spot. And I still feel that way. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough thing to, to compare to because Isaiah only got 14 minutes, yeah. right? I would have liked to see Isaiah maybe come in for Jalen a little bit there towards the end and yep. kind of see how they looked with the units that were out there. But we did see Isaiah Jackson in summer league with this group and we saw the pros and the cons of his game. And I think they're both still learning, but if you look at the plus minus, which I know it's not something we're supposed to do, Isaiah was a plus five when he played and Jalen was a minus three, but like I said, plus minus and preseason games, I'm not reading into that too much. But if you do look at the plus minuses for the majority of the guys that played at least 10 minutes or more, Jairus Walker, plus two. Isaiah Jackson, plus five. Aaron Neesmith, plus, Aaron Neesmith was a plus three. And TJ McConnell was a plus one. That's probably the four best defenders in tonight's game. So I, I do think that that's a little bit telling in terms of like, yeah, you got to get better defensively. Miles Turner, Bruce Brown. 
not going to really include them in that. They didn't play a whole lot of minutes. I think they played about 16 each. So to me, it was one of those games where I was like trying to just not get myself too caught up in who played with what rotation and why they did this and why they didn't do that. I think we're going to see Rick experiment because he has not been committal to anything when it comes to what his lineups are going to look like. He said that it's going to be a carryover from training camp into these games. And when we ask about kind of lineups and who's going to get minutes and didn't really ask specifics, he said, as they used to say in the TV business, stay tuned. So we're going to continue, yeah. I think, to see just a lot of different mix and matching of these lineups and, and see who fits with who. Maybe maybe against Houston, we'll see Jalen Smith get the backup minutes instead of Isaiah Jackson. And Isaiah Jackson plays the role that Jalen played tonight. And in the third, fourth quarter, Daniel Tice is back. I'm curious to see how he fits into the mix too, because I didn't walk away from either Jalen or Isaiah's performance tonight thinking, yeah, we've got our backup big. I felt like, yeah, I, if we're really trying to be competitive, neither of these guys are making me feel super confident uh, about their consistency over an 82 game season. And that's where I think someone like a Daniel Tice could make some sense in that role. If the goal is to ultimately win. Yeah, you know, it'll be interesting. I mean, I'm excited to see some Tice. Jalen Smith, like I mentioned, he had his moments. Right, I liked right I, when that's he came a into the game. I never thought I'd hear. I'm excited to see some Tice. Well, it, it, Who it's, is this guy? It, yeah, look, I, it, in a preseason <laughs> setting, I want to see everybody. But, like, as it relates to Jalen Smith, what I love is right when he came in the game, he was aggressive, went yeah. right to the hole, got fouled. But also another thing, when you, when you talk about – moments and not being 100% sold. He went one of four from the line, and he did miss a clutch free throw, uh, yeah. you know, in, I believe in overtime. So that was that was a little bit upsetting. And then also that three-point ball was not there. He was 0 of 2 from 3. So you still wonder, will, will it ever come back? I don't know. Obviously, as, as it relates to the plus-minus, at one point, Jarris Walker was a plus 11, and he ends up finishing the game, you know, like you mentioned, uh, plus 3. But then you see Isaiah Wong at plus 10, and that's when you know you might have to throw the stat out a little bit because – Obviously, it could be influenced, but there were some good things, I think, for just about everybody. I don't think anyone really looked, like, brutal tonight because I know, like, Buddy Heald, his shot wasn't falling at 2 of 8. No one's worried. That shot's going to be there. Wait, just give, give him Tyrese. He'll be just, just fine. Aaron Eason's shot wasn't falling, but, you know, you're not worried. It's There was moments for everybody tonight. So I'm excited with what I saw, but, you know... I would I, a win would have been cool to just say, hey, you know what? All right, let's keep it going. But in the end, I don't think anyone's going to be dwelling on, you know, we really let them off the hook. You know, this is going to be one that's going to linger. Give me Tyrese Halliburton next game, and I do think that things are going to be different. I mean, I, I definitely things will be different if you have a Tyrese out there. I mean, he's the best player on the team, and it's just he changes so much, and I think he helps all that connectivity where there is a little bit of chemistry, like or I should say lack thereof in terms of the chemistry, but that's going to just take time. Like OB, Bruce, Ben, they haven't played any minutes together and neither have they played any minutes really significantly with Miles besides Ben and Miles. So you get that combination out there and it's like, okay, they've been practicing probably mostly throughout training camp with Ty at the point, but maybe they've incorporated TJ in with some of those groups just to kind of get him uh, you know, comfortable with them a little bit. But it's one thing to do it in training camp against guys that you see every day. It's another thing to go out there against a totally different team that doesn't know what you run, that runs things differently and gives you a little bit more of a challenge. So, yeah, I think Memphis is a good first team to go up against. They are a physical team. They are a team that's known for their defense. And once again, I, I think that this group right here, it's just 
Def- defense is where they're going to have to get better. I-, I could care less about scoring 122 points. Giving up 127 is way too much. Uh, if you listen to Memphis's broadcast tonight, they were talking about it at halftime. They're like, their assistant coach was like, yeah, the Pacers play a super fast pace. And for us to get 60 plus points in the first half, you know, that's a lot more scoring than we're used to. And it's like, that's not great to hear. So no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, like Memphis is not a high scoring team. And if you're allowing them to get 60 plus points in the first half, like that's where, you know, okay, defensively, we're still quite a bit of ways, but you got to feel good about the rookies. I think after this game, and I think, if you want to look at another positive here, Fachi, Benedict Matherin, to me, the the shot looked good. When he was stepping into his three, it looked a little bit com- like he looked more comfortable with it. I, I felt like there was some times you could tell his he was trying to be more cognizant of getting other guys involved, looking yes. up, trying to make the right play. There was one, I think Quinn Buckner called it out, where he did look up and Obi Toppin was like the person he was targeting, but Obi pointed at the other player wide open. I want to say it was Neesmith and Ben actually made the right pass, but he did. He got the assist from Obi to like, make sure you pass to that guy because that's the open person. But there was one where he tried to throw a pass into miles and it was a little bit weak. And if he would have put a little bit more zip on it, then it would have been an easy, easier play for miles. Jaron Jackson jr. Ended up fouling miles on the play, trying to steal the pass. So I just think that we saw a little bit of growth from Ben in terms of trying to, distribute the ball a little bit not always looking to score the shot looked better and i thought rebounding wise seven rebounds from his position is pretty good so defensively once again like i talked about at the beginning of the pod he's gonna have to take steps on that end and i would love to see how he looks with tyrese because that's a big duo that needs to really click and and find that chemistry early on but if he can shoot the ball at a higher percentage than he did the last half of the season and continue to be that driver and force that he is, I think that, you know, you're going to see that big step from Matherin this year. I'm really excited for it. You're talking about the three-point shot. He started two of two from three, and I was really encouraged. I know he ended up missing his final three attempts, but the seven rebounds also, you got to love that. You got to love Matherin stepping up as a rebounder. And, yeah, you know, you talked about him trying to be more cognizant of getting teammates involved. The last time we saw him in summer league, he had six assists. So I do think that that is something that he's trying to do more. You just want it to be a little bit more natural and not him like instead of, okay, I can get this basket over here. It's a little bit easier. Let me try and force a pass or anything like that. But obviously that's something that he is working on. So I think he will have his moments as a distributor. We're not asking for him to ever be a Tyrese Nemhard or TJ McConnell or even a Bruce Brown with the ball, but just be able to make different reads and not, you know, put up that shot if you're you're double teamed or anything of the sort so um i I love what i saw from the rookies but are there maybe one or two players in specific that you want to point out as your uh i don't know give them your flowers of maybe your top two pacers of the game yeah i mean i think we've already talked about the rookies and ben mather and i think those are the top three players of tonight's game in terms of like takeaways for me um other than that i'm trying to think out i'm trying to think here if there's anybody that stood out to me not really. I think Aaron Neesmith is an interesting player on this roster, Fachi. I think him playing a different position this year, and I and I'm, I might ask Carlisle about this uh, if I go to one of the other practices they have over the weekend, just kind of get his thoughts on how he looks differently from being primarily at the four last year to the three and playing you know, above the arc. We talked with Caitlin about it a little bit today. He did have a nice drive in the first half where he tried to dunk and Jaron Jackson Jr. blocked him. But I love seeing that aggression from him. I love his defensive 
tenacity. I, I just feel like Aaron Nismith is kind of an X factor on this team that maybe gets slept on a little bit. And until he gets out there and gets in kind of a rhythm with what the second unit is going to look like, it's hard to get a good read on what to expect from him and what his role is going to be this year. But I felt like defensively, he really brought some nice challenges for the Grizzlies in terms of trying to score on him and stuff like that. So I think he's going to continue to just be a good role player for this team. Other than that, I didn't really have any massive takeaways from any of the other players. I don't know if you did or not, but I'm curious your thoughts. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. No, just I, I think pretty much what I said before of just Jarris Walker. I mean, I, I really left this game being like this. This is a player who, I, even though it's just preseason, I feel really confident about moving forward just because of the versatility of what he could do across the it, it really feels that he could do a little bit of everything. This is a rookie. So give him a few years. And I think that there's probably not going to be many holes in his game. So yeah. he had some games in, in summer league that, you know, we were kind of looking the other way where he might have been like six of 18 from the field or, or something like that. And people were still like, Oh man, Jarris Walker, like no one wanted to admit it. But the shooting was a real struggle in Summer League. And tonight, 7 of 15. But, you know, we mentioned he was 0 of 5. So he finishes 7 of 10. And I think that Jarris Walker was someone that was really willing us back in this game. And then I mentioned before, Ben Shepard. I loved what I saw. I know he finished the game 6 of 16. But he had his moments. And one thing that we kind of forgot about, on the other side in Memphis, there was G.G. Jackson. Gigi yeah. had one I nice didn't block. Bring it up. I didn't want to bring it up. He had one nice block, but he did finish the game one of eight and didn't really look like, you know, kind of flowing. And obviously, and when you look at it, Ben Shepard was a pick that got absolutely ripped apart and he was playing some, some good basketball for the Pacers. So I wanted to tip my hat to him. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think if you look at both individual players, though, from that perspective, it's like, you don't nobody drafted Gigi Jackson expecting him to be ready to play in the NBA right now. No, not at all. Not at all. We all knew he was a work in progress. So one of eight does not surprise me. The fan base was ecstatic for him when he came in the game and he did have some, you know, hustle plays that were going to be good, but he's going to be used to playing with the hustle because that's who's Memphis G League team yep. is. So good one. He's he's going to be with them a lot. And then, you know, Kenny Lofton, I mean, you say what you want about him, right? comes into the game and doesn't look like a serious NBA player. Like, I'll just be honest with you. When you look at him, he's like a, he's like a undersized in terms of height, overweight, power forward. Like, it's like, who is this guy? Like, what does he do? But then you watch him play and it's like, man, he's, he's really, really good in terms of being able to get the ball in the basket, whether he's bullying his way through people, hitting shots, like he's got a lot of game to him. So don't judge a book by its cover when you see Kenny Lofton Jr. checking into the game. I mean, he really was Memphis's kind of go-to guy there. I felt like at the end of the uh, the fourth quarter and overtime with some different players in their form, obviously Jake LaRavia, that kind of group, Gigi Jackson. But, you know, this was a, this was a fun atmosphere, I feel like, for these rookies. We talked about that. Ben Shepard. 
came in right away and really surprised me. I, I was a little bit stunned by how well he started playing, like the hitting of the threes right away when he came in and just feeling comfortable. I'm like, okay, maybe I was a little bit down on this guy just because I just didn't really understand why we'd get another guard when we have so many on the rosters, but on the roster. But if you do make a trade or something, yeah, there's going to be playing time available for him. And then Jairus Walker, like if you want a hot take here, Fachi, he had a better game than Obi top in the night. Let's just be honest. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I don't even think it's hot. I, yeah, I think Jairus Walker played real good tonight. Yeah, and I'm just – my whole thing is like, look, you can't really judge Obi Toppin yet until you see how he looks with Tyrese because I think Tyrese is kind of like that connective tissue for Definitely. Obi that's going to make him special here in Indiana. So want to just pump the brakes on that. But if you if you see the shooting performance like that from Jairus Walker and, he's continue, and he can continue to do that consistently – then you probably feel like, okay, maybe he is a long-term answer at the power forward position for us over a guy like Obi Toppin because defensively, Obi's not even close to what I think the potential no. of Jairus could be. So that is just one of those elements where it's like, okay, you want a hot take from first preseason game? Like, yeah, they're both totally different players, but I like the potential of a Jairus Walker moving forward with this team if he can show what he showed tonight but once again it's one game of preseason and we know from even watching as good of a rookie as Matherin was the ups and downs that comes with guys when they have not yet played a full NBA season oh yeah make no mistake about it if Ben Shepard comes out as a rough shooting game and in game two people are going to be like why did we pick Ben Shepard but that's the highs and lows it's not fair to him because He's a rookie. Give give him a it's not even gonna be this year. I don't think there should be any expectations for him this year other than just hey, spend some time in the G League, get better, stay ready when you're called upon. And I think that that's all you could really expect. But now this just shows this Pacers team, we know they're deep, but the guys at the very end of the bench, if given an opportunity, I think have a chance to produce. You don't want them or need them to have that opportunity early on. But we're in good hands. I'm really excited. I can't wait for game two. Luckily, we don't have to wait too long. Just a few days. But there's just this this crisp air that Pacer basketball is back. Alex, it's been too long. And I'm ready for the real deal now. But I'll have to settle with the appetizers with these preseason games for now. Yeah, I mean, so we got uh, a really fun game against Houston coming up Tuesday night. I think that's going to be really cool to see how the Pacers go playing against a team like Memphis, who's a little bit more slower pace and a little bit more physical to a Houston team that made a lot of changes this offseason. They've got a really smart defensive coach in Ime Udoka now at the helm, and they're a team that could play really fast. I mean, I'm just kind of curious to see how we adjust and play a different team like that. I think it will be a good uh, test for the Pacers, and we'll see if Tyrese and Tice play in that game because I think it'll be good for Ty and Daniel to get in there just to kind of see how that rotation shakes out a little bit and what those guys can do if they do have a full 15-man roster, knowing that McConnell probably would play the backup minutes for Nimhart at this point with his injury. So that's one thing I'm looking forward to seeing, and I know we're going to have a podcast about that mm-hmm. on Tuesday night after the game, but uh, real quick before we wrap it up, a little bit of a fun thing here. Obviously, Tyrese Halliburton didn't play tonight, but last night, Fachi, he did not fly out with the team. He stayed back in Indianapolis to be a part of WWE Fastlane. I know a lot of people wrote about that on their articles and stuff like that and how cool it was. I did an article on the blueandgolden.substack.com about it, but I also brought up some of his moments with us on the podcast where he talked about different things re- involving WWE, but how cool was it for the Pacers to let Tyrese stay back for that? 
so cool. And, and one thing that resonated well, I can't remember if he told us this offline, or maybe he told us on the episode that the Kings wouldn't let him get involved when when he when WWE came to Sacramento and and his inner WWE fan like that hurt him. And I feel yeah. like the Pacers were so supportive of be like, oh no, hey, you know what? Stay behind. And in reality, what difference would it have really made if he traveled with the team or not? If he wasn't playing and the game was tonight, you know, it was on Sunday and the pay-per-view was on Saturday. So it wouldn't really interfere. And I feel like it really meant a lot to him. And, you know, I grew up just such a huge WWE fan. And I had an opportunity to work for them for a while. It was an amazing experience. And seeing Tyrese, he looked like a kid. I mean, he posted pictures you know, with John Cena, he got, he got to, you know, ask some questions in the press conference afterwards, sitting first row. Like, he got the experience that, like, his inner child probably dreamed of. And he got to do it with his dad, which I thought was awesome. Yeah, him talking about being able to grow up watching it with his uncle and then crying until his parents would buy the pay-per-views for him. And now being able to just meet all these wrestlers. He posted the picture with John Cena, and it was just... That's what he was there for. I had to ask him what his predictions were for when we were there at, uh, at interviews for practice, just because I was curious, you know, like I know enough about who's still in wrestling that, it, you know, I can keep along. I can follow along with it, but I just knew that he's such a big fan. Like might as well just have some fun with it and, and get that out of him because it's just preseason at this point. Like we know Tyrese is an all-star. Like I'm not worried about him missing a preseason game. And I did hear some people kind of push back on like oh it didn't travel with the team like what kind of precedent are they setting it's like listen guys it's the preseason this is your 200 and potentially 60 million dollar guy um that they just signed an extension to like if he wants to stay back for one event that's a very rare occasion you kind of make that happen it's not like he missed a regular season game for exactly it It was a preseason game that he wasn't going to play and he had arrangements to get down there he was there for shoot around today. He was there on the on the bench supporting the guys like he always does when he hasn't been able to play. So ta- just stop. I think that this is a new era of basketball, a new era of sports and how you handle players and things like that. This isn't your typical 1990s Bobby Knight type era, right? It's not where you're, you know, so focused on like my way or the highway. We must do it right. Respect the game, that kind of thing. Like you're, you're doing all that, but you're allowing – guys to have lives like these guys have lives outside of basketball and all that Ty does for the Pacers and their organization. If they couldn't give him one night like this, I think that that would probably rub him the wrong way. Just like you talked about, he did in Sacramento. So I think that this is great for the Pacers to kind of allow him those opportunities to do it. It's a once in a lifetime thing. The last live event in Indianapolis for the WWE this year. So just relax. It's not going to matter the rest of the year. So he'll be focused on Pacers basketball and, what a great way to watch one of your favorite wrestlers of all time. I think he actually said on our podcast that Cena was his favorite wrestler. Yes, he did. Get the big W there. So just a cool moment for him, like you said, something he'll never forget. No, he never will. And honestly, John Cena is really getting towards the end of his career. So for Halliburton to A, be able to meet him, be in the building for, for that event, like he's never going to forget that. Also seeing him do like, a, a backstage, you know, interview with, you know, Rey Mysterio, who's involved in like a, a quick little scene. Like, it's that's just awesome. I, I just feel like these are the type of things that mean a lot to your star player. And in the, and we know that the Pacers are trying to do things differently than what they did in the past. And, and this didn't hurt the team in any way. If anything, Halliburton had an awesome night 
felt real appreciative that, that the Pacers were able to allow him to do this. And look, it was cool that the Pacers were promoting Tyrese Halliburton. You know, they they, they put him up on, on WWE, was talking about him on, on Instagram. Hey, Tyrese Halliburton's in, in the house. And, you know, he asked Bailey a question and then Bailey was, was tweeting at him. You know, for, for those of you that don't follow, Bailey's a wrestler. You know, she's a, a really popular women's wrestler. And it just... It was just fun. And I, I feel like this was something that I was even telling like my friends, like, that's my point guard. Like, my point guard is at WWE Fast Lane tonight, living it up. He'll be back with the team tomorrow, but he wasn't gonna miss this. And I don't know. Maybe that's just the diehard wrestling fan in me, but it was like I, I loved how much fun he was having. No, you're you're right about that. I mean, this was just awesome. Like he was just excited from the moment that we talked about it at media day to or not even media day at, at practice until the event was over like you know he was having the time of his life so just like i'm happy for him i'm glad he was able to enjoy it and i'm sure that if there were other players that would have wanted to attend with him or something like that they probably could have made arrangements too but overall i think this is a team that's got a great vibe they got a great coach that really connects with the players the coaching staff does a great job so nothing but positive things on my end about that whole situation i think it was great that he was able to attend and be a part of that pachi but with that being said, I think that's going to wrap up today's episode. We'll be back tomorrow. We got Jeremiah Johnson from Valley Sports, your pregame, postgame host, and your sideline reporter joining us to talk about the Pacers, what he's seeing at training camp, and then maybe get his thoughts on last night's game against the, the Grizzlies. So that'll be a fun one. But Fachi, tell the people where they can find us at on social media. Absolutely. You can find us on Twitter at Pacers Pod STP, I believe. This is the first yes. time that we're we're doing that since we changed that. Uh, I, I did that. it last episode for you since we uh, well, recorded with Caitlin. I went ahead and threw that out there just was, to make sure. I was about to say, it's going to take a little bit getting used to with a new outro. So like mm-hmm. I mentioned, at Pacers Pod STP on Twitter. You can find Alex on Twitter, at AlexGoldenNBA. I can be found on Twitter, at underscore F-A-C-C-I. You can find us on Instagram, at Pacers Pod STP. You can find us on TikTok at Setting the Pace. You can find us on Facebook at Setting the Pace. Now, Alex, tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. Man, it does not flow off the tongue like it used to. I would it does not. It's br- brand new. Definitely got to think about it a little bit more, but I'll get used to it. Yeah, but YouTube, we're at the same spot, youtube.com slash Setting the Pace, a Pacers podcast. If you want us to change that one to Pacers Pod STP2, let us know so we can keep it all in the same umbrella but we are excited for more video content coming your way on there but with that being said Fachi if you're excited for what the rookies can do this upcoming season Jairus Walker Ben Shepard then hit me with those three words let's go Pacers setting the pace going to the top setting the pace going to the top this is your number one podcast sweeping every team we gonna need a mop Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.